Welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. Each week, we'll look at ways to choose courage every day, as I know even the smallest acts of courage matter. Through inspiration and action, we can grow into who we are truly meant to be. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Here we go. Tara, I'm so excited. I can't, you know, I'm a shrieker and a screamer and no one wants that in their ear, ear, earbuds, but please know I am so excited to be talking to you. I'm just thrilled. We have a lot to cover. Yes, I have roughly 72 questions. I'm kidding. (laughs) But we'll see where this takes us, right? Okay. Yeah, we'll go with it. Right? So Tara, before we get started asking all the fancy questions, can you first tell us what courage means to you, sweet friend? Oh, for me, especially in the year 2020, courage (sighs) is doing the things that I want to do and and think I should do before I think I'm ready to do them. (laughs) I love that. And like, I, yes, because I am one of those people that will procrastinate, plan, procrastinate, mm-hmm. learn, procrastinate all the things because <laughs> I think I don't know enough or I'm not of ready course. or I, you know, I feel like I have to have all the answers yes. first. Nobody knows all the answers, nope. literally nobody. So courage has definitely been just saying, okay, I know enough that I think that I can serve people in this way. And if I have something pop up, I don't know, then I'll learn it. I'll figure it out. (laughs) You will figure it out. I love that so much. Well, so this leads, this is a great next question, Tara. What, tell us about your life, your business and how you arrived to your business that you're at right now. It's, it's a windy path. <laughs> Isn't <laughs> Which, that so true? I want the audience to know it's never a straight path. It really isn't. And I don't know why I think it needs to be or should be, but all right, let's, let's do this. <laughs> so from birth, I have always been a reader. I've always had my nose in a book mm-hmm. and I've always been the one to find typos everywhere. And it was just something that I thought, you know, just kind of my type A personality, part of who I am. I never thought that it could be a career. I never thought, I don't know if I didn't know about editing. I mean, I think I did, but I'm not sure. So I went to college and I got a degree in marketing and a minor in special event and meeting planning. (laughs) I love that. Well, and, you know, I can see where some of the similarities are with detail oriented and, you know, making sure everything is planned and, you know, schedule and all of that. So it was a good fit. And my first job out of college was as an, as an event planner, but, um, the hospitality industry is, is tough and it's a great industry, but it, for me, it didn't seem sustainable. And so at this job, I was one of the younger employees, which everyone had the assumption that I knew technology because I was, you know, 23 years old, straight out of college. So yeah, give her the tech stuff. 
So I was put in charge of updating the website for this annual meeting we hosted. You know, I've got the IT guys showing me HTML that I, you know, is completely foreign to me. I've never done anything like that. But I started writing and editing for the website and thought, oh my goodness, this is amazing. I love doing this. I've been thinking about, you know, not wanting to be an event planner the rest of my life. Maybe now is the time to make the switch. So got a new job as a web content coordinator at a luxury hotel chain. So I was writing and editing hotel descriptions all day, every day. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, I, I worked with some amazing people and made some lifelong friends and it was great. But again, I was just thinking this isn't, this isn't right. This doesn't feel right. And my creativity was just totally stifled because it was very same every day. You can only describe a hotel in so many adjectives. And if I never hear the word discerning again in my life, I will be happy. Sophisticated, <laughs> discerning. Oh, yes. Luxury and opulence and oh my gosh, yes. So during that time, I had a college friend who started a book blog and was telling me about it. And I'm like, okay, let's give that a shot. Why not? And so I started a book blog and I did it for four and a half years. And I got into, you know, the whole world of publishing and authors and editors and all of that. And I'm like, okay, these, these are my people. This is where I need to be. This is where I've wanted to be, but didn't know existed, I guess. I mean, I knew there were publishers. I knew there were authors, but for some reason it just didn't click. But after book blogging, it clicked. So I started thinking about starting my own freelance editing business. And I opened it in October of 2012. And I quit my full-time job in February of 2013. And I've been a freelance editor ever since. So eight years? Oh, yeah, eight years. I don't do numbers. I do words, not numbers. That's it. <laughs> Stay in your, you know yes. your strengths. You yes. play to the, that is incredible. So you were working from home pre-COVID. You've been doing yeah. Working from home and most of the time with my husband because he works from home. I, so mine was from February 2013. I can't quite remember when my husband started working from home, but we'll say 2015 just to throw it out there. So he's been, we've been working from home together years before COVID happened. That is, do you have, this is off topic, but like, what is your secret? It took a while to get into a groove because, you know, when you're with someone, especially a, a spouse or a partner or a kid in the house, you feel like you need to talk to them yes. <laughs> and, and it's super distracting. And we had to finally set up some boundaries of, you know, okay, I'm yes. from you know noon to two, I can't be bothered. Like, cause you know, if you're in an office outside of the home, you don't have that. You might get texts or phone calls, but it's not the same. So as someone being in like present and yes, yes, chatting. Yes. That's and, actually genius. And we've had, you know, we've moved multiple times in our relationship and we would not have separate offices. Like we just, we don't have, you know, yes. 18 bedrooms. Like <laughs> we, we would have to, you know, someone was at the kitchen counter, someone was in the living room, someone was in the office that we would have like it took some some getting used to and it took a lot of 
frustrations and learning, but now we're completely in the groove. That is incredible. And a lot of flexibility, just being able to not be tied to what it looks like. Yes. Like we'll figure this out. Yes. Especially when COVID hit because my daughter goes to daycare and then, you know, daycare closed for four months and then we're going, oh my goodness, how do we, how do I work and you work and entertain a two-year-old? That's what I was (laughs) going to say. She's younger. Like I, I have a particular heart for those that are, that did like quarantine with younger children or like stay at home because Oh, sweet sassy they're busier than my 12 year old who's like hey bye you know like <laughs> essentially yeah. could raise himself it certainly had its own different set of challenges I, for sure I love that that see look you're already reframing in a way that helps us really work through our things exactly. so okay, let's before I ask other questions I want to get at really, we were talking and we were really um, talking about the power of our words and of language and the words we choose matter or the words we say to ourselves or to others really does matter. It does. I'm wondering with your experience as a copy editor and doing, that did not roll off my tongue, copy editor (laughs) um, and all the that you've seen and done and experienced, can you speak to this idea that words do matter? Oh my gosh, we could have a conversation that would last days. Let's just go. This could be our show and we'll just talk about this. It could. And especially because words change, not necessarily change, but new words or different definitions of words or how we use words, it changes every day especially in 2020 there have been so many things that again we could we could even get into most of them but I will say when we were talking about this whole topic of words matter one of my all-time favorite quotes I'm a Harry Potter nerd so I'm going to throw that out there it's from Harry Potter but whether or not you're a fan or not it's still applicable Mm -hmm. but it's words are our most inexhaustible source of magic, capable of both inflicting injury and remedying it. And that is so, so true because we all know how we can say some real bad things with our words and you can't take them back. And the only thing that remedies it is more words, (laughs) apologizing. So that's one of my all time favorite quotes. Because it's so (laughs) so true. It is. And I think the one, the one word that always sticks out right now to me because of what's happening in the year 2020, when it, when, when COVID first hit and everybody was scrambling and trying to figure out what to do, all I would see was the word lockdown. We're on lockdown. And I thought, oh my goodness, that does not bring up positive emotions or thoughts in any way. That thing, that reminded me of a prison, Absolutely. like going on lockdown when something bad happens. Or uh, one of my teacher friends was like, that makes me yes. think of a, an active shooter drill. Yeah. 
that's not what we want to be thinking about when we're thinking about this. I mean, it needs to be a serious action and conversation, but lockdown was not the right word. It really wasn't. And then I think they started to realize it wasn't the right word. So we started seeing shelter in place and stay safe at home, which, you know, there's something to be said about, and I don't know how else to say this, but polishing a turd, like you don't want to make it better just to make it sound better for the sake of it. But there are a lot of other words out there that would have resonated in a much better way. Lockdown. Where were the copy editors? Tell me about it. Right? Like, but Come on. I think sometimes we are in such a rush to, to live, to do life that we don't recognize even our words and, ha- and, and the language we use and how much it matters to our understanding of the world as well. Like we're just, yes. we're just in a hurry and so sh- safe exactly. at home. It's blah. right and I don't you know everybody was scrambling nobody knew what was going on they you know the governments and everybody in charge had had to come up with something so I don't that's it fault them completely but that is a good reminder to anybody in any situation to just take a beat and think hmm how are these words hitting what are what's the connotation behind them is this the message I want to convey using those words, just a, just a beat, just a second. Oh. And then you can think, okay, maybe that's not what I want to say, or maybe I don't want that tone. And then you can adjust and not put your foot in your mouth. Oh, that's so good. Well, and I just, right before we are have this interview and recording, I was speaking with someone who was like, I even never recognized the power of the words that I said to myself. They just seem to be like the background chatter. And the more that we do this work, the more you are aware of how much it really does matter, that language. And even saying like, I am, I don't know. She was using the word, I am lazy. And she thinks that, and she was like, oh my gosh, that itself is shaming. Yeah. And to expand on that, we speak to ourselves in, (laughs) we would never speak to a friend how we speak to ourselves ever. I mean, we are our own worst critic. And it, when you start listening to that inner critic or that inner voice, it's shocking how negative and, and bad it can get if you don't recognize it and, and, you know, switch your thoughts, but oh my goodness, yes. It's shocking. One of our cognitive behavioral tools in the tool book is you need to say to the therapist or coach what you say to yourself and then say it to them, Ooh. like you were telling them and people just shut, shut down. I mean, like yeah. that instant that they recognize that the language they are using matters. Totally. <gasps> So when you think about it, also when you see people writing and doing all the work, how do you work with them and how do you help them choose language and choose experience? Like, what is that process like? 
It's a very interesting process. And of course it varies by client, author, whoever you're working with. And I think the most important thing to remember for a freelance editor is that when they're working with a client, it's a partnership. And the author, author in general, author of a book, author of a blog post, what have you, they need to feel like and know that it is a partnership and it's not an editor coming in with their flaming red pen to just, you know, rip apart their piece of work that they've poured their heart and soul into. It's to help them make their content, whatever that may be, the best it can possibly be. So from an editing perspective, it's our job to, above all else, above anything else, and this is what I teach my students, we have to maintain the author's voice and style in their work. It's not injecting our voice. It's not injecting our style into it. It is maintaining their voice while polishing it and make it as good as it possibly can be. And as editors, it's our job to point out things that might not be acceptable in today's world, whether that be language or ways that we describe things or, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff, but it's really that partnership and making sure that they know that these suggestions that you're making are to benefit them. It's not criticizing in a negative way. It's, hey, you might get some pushback from readers because of X, Y, Z, whatever the case may be. And so some authors are more receptive to that some authors are not, but it's our job to at least give them that information and then they can do with it when they choose. Yeah. Cause at the, at the end of the day, it is their work. It's it their is. book. It's their dissertation. It's their journal article, whatever. Yes. It's theirs. It's their name on it. So if they decide to do something that you might not agree with, that's fine. That's, that's their prerogative, but it's our job to at least make them aware of it. Oh my gosh. Well, and as you were saying that, it struck me, and I don't know if it's ever, like, it's ever formed into my brain this way in that, you know, we do a lot of work in cognitive behavioral coaching to reframe thoughts. And I always say it has to be in your voice. It has to be believable to you and that's the like it's that partnership and it's that work and it's that conversation that sometimes requires real courage to have those difficult conversations with people yes yes perhaps you i mean i think that you are a great study of of behavior because you not only are like looking in text but then you're having to communicate it with said author and it to add another layer to that, if you're working directly with an author, then you sort of have a, you know, a rapport with them and, yes. and can maybe gauge how they're going to accept feedback or not. However, the client that I have right now, uh, they work with other publishers and self-published authors. So I actually don't have one-on-one -on -one contact with the author. So I have to convey my feedback in just in straight, you know, comments in word without ever speaking to them, without knowing anything really about them. So I have to be very careful of 
how I word things and how I approach things because I have no idea if they're going to be receptive or upset or offended or anything because I don't, I don't know who they are. I mean, I know their name, but I don't, I've never but spoken beyond that. So words yeah. matter in your work. I mean, not only it just, it all like layers of your work. Yeah. I never even thought that's fascinating. <laughs> I love it. Well, okay. When you think about like the way that you've shaped your life and you've shaped this career for yourself. And now Tara, you're teaching others how to create their own businesses and how to become copy editors. What, what led you here? And then what did you need to think or what language did you need to tell yourself? What words did you need to get yourself here? Yeah, so from the time that I started my business, whenever I would tell someone I met that I was a freelance editor, it's always, oh, I would love to do that. Or, oh, I always wanted to do that. You know, sometimes that's just, they're not, they don't really mean it. They're just saying it. But other times they really are yes. interested. And so I found myself over the years kind of giving this piecemeal advice to whoever was asking, but never having a real streamlined process or a, a product or yes. something that I could you know, replicate or give out to multiple people instead of giving multiple hours no, <laughs> to no. every single person. And so... I mean, this just started happening this summer. This is a brand new thing. So I've been editing for eight years, but the official teaching of the editing just started this summer. And I really had to tell myself going back to what I was talking about before with courage is that I have eight years of full-time experience just with freelancing. But before that, I was writing and editing for my professional jobs and yes. plus college. I mean, we could go all the way back to, yes. you know, my second grade essay, yes. but from college on, we'll say I've got many years of experience. I know enough that I can really help other people. And it was just getting to that point of being able to tell myself with your help, of course, I can do this. I, I don't need to keep learning every single random thing that has to do with editing before I start. Like I can do it right now because if I don't do it right now, I'm either never going to do yes. it or it's going to take me years yes. to do it. And in that time, who knows how many other people will be doing it. And I could have been doing it years ago and didn't, you know? So it really, it was a lot of telling myself, you know, you do, you know what you're talking about, you do, you know, but it's getting to that point where you listen as well. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's the other thing is that you could tell yourself that all day, but if you don't actually believe it, believe it. it's not, it's not helpful. It's that belief that changes behavior. And that's, what's so powerful about your story is that you were able to use words to change your story. I honestly never thought of it in that way. <laughs> well, Tara, I just thought of it. So <laughs> well, I love it. I love it. But it's so true. Like it really is. Mind blown. 
<laughs> Mine too. Never know where things come from, Tara. No, you sure don't. That's something but, that popped into my head too when you were saying that. And now I forgot what it was. Ah! I'll, I'll just ramble until you think of it. But I love, I love this because not only did you embed that conversation about start, just do it. And I love the convers the, the word procrasta plan. <laughs> because how many people listening right now are sitting there with the best idea, but they're sitting there because they're too afraid because they think they need more experience, more knowledge. 100%. That was me. That was, uh, that was totally me. And I did remember what I was going to say. Okay, uh, so on top of the uh, telling yourself that and then believing it, it's also taking action because you can believe it, but then if you're not doing anything and not moving forward, then it's still, you're not getting anywhere. So for me, I had to take the imperfect action in order to start building my confidence more and to start really, truly believing that I could do it. I, oh, I love that. Well, and you know, because we're on this theme, I believe that people are mistaken when they say they need courage when they need confidence because I think they yeah. need courage first to get the practice to then create the confidence I agree with that and so I'm like for no, sure it's not confidence it's courage and so just understanding like you gotta take some action and it's forward motion action but it may not be perfect it could be imperfect like yes. you said. Yes. And so most of the time it is. I mean, all the time. Right? Like, is it ever perfect action? I, we would like to think so, or I would like to think so at some points. You know, I, I can't do this until it is absolutely perfect. Because what if someone doesn't like it or criticizes it or wants something different? And it's, but you have to get that first iteration out there in order to improve it. Like, like you can't edit a blank page. You can't publish a blank page. You actually have to write or do the work or whatever it is you have to do, then you can improve upon it. <laughs> so that is beautiful. That's it. I, I also think that the idea of perf perfect action doesn't exist exist, um, I heard on, probably on NPR um, about a woman who wrote a book about getting a hundred rejection letters Oof. for a book that she was trying to get published. And it was her goal just to get failures, just to get rejection letters. So she could prove to herself that she could just do it and survive. Wow. So many of us hold ourselves back because we've decided that failure means something's gone wrong. Mm -hmm. That we are a failure. It's like that, that the, the word failure has so many, like it seizes us up. Yeah. And so if you're like, I'll just, I'll just do it and embrace it. How would that change for you? And speaking of words matter, failure, that's another one that 
you know, like you, like you just said, it makes you seize up. It, it, yes. it has a negative connotation to it. Nobody wants to fail. Failure means you're not good. You're not whatever. You're not good enough. You're not, you don't know what you're talking about. And that's not it. That's not it at all. Well, you know, we often, I often coach um, moms who will tell their children that failures are okay. Like so fine to fail, but for themselves, they've changed the narrative. They've made for failure sure. wrong or bad. Mm-hmm. And we're just, we're learning and growing through the process. It's, it's like that cliche, like it's the journey, not the destiny, <laughs> but it is the journey. But it is, it is. The, that we've learned along the way. Exactly. Okay, so what what do you recommend? What insight do you have on someone who's like, I just like I I just want to do this thing and Tara did it. Like how, what do you recommend to someone who's out there listening and is like, I want that to be me. Like Tara's done it. Well, honestly, I would tell them to hook up with you in some way or shape or form. No, no, no. I'm so sorry. No, that's not it at all. This is not a paid, I'm not an affiliate paid promo. Like this is, this is me just straight up saying you have helped me in so many ways in just the few short months that we've worked together because it's really changing those thoughts that you have that, you know, you, your tear process, the thoughts, the emotions, the actions, the results that has been super life-changing. And especially for someone like me who has anxiety and imposter syndrome and fear of failure, like we just talked about, like none of that is helpful as a business owner, (laughs) especially as a freelancer, because you are on your, you're not on your own completely. If you get the help, like like with you, but you know, you don't have a boss. You don't have the cubicle mate. You don't have someone necessarily right there unless you build it, but it it can be a lonely thing. And you are sitting there with your thoughts and emotions and you've got to figure out how to make that work for you. If you're ever going to have a successful freelance business. Oh my gosh. Well, and I think that's the beauty in what you've created as well is because you're not going to let anybody walk alone. Can you tell us, people have heard you and they're like, I need Tara. How (laughs) do they find you? Tell us about how people find you and more about your program, please. Yes. So my program, it's the Freelance Editors Club. It's a membership program. And I created this because it was exactly what I wanted and needed eight years ago when I started and couldn't find. Because let's be honest, everything can be found online. You can pretty much learn how to do anything online. You can learn how to edit to a point. I mean, you might have to pay for things, but you can learn a lot of things for free which is what I did when I started out. I bought the books and read the articles and joined the associations, but I didn't have the support or a mentor or accountability partner or someone that was there to just 
help and to be there along the way, whether it was to encourage or ask questions, or if something new came up in the editing publishing world that they were like, wait, what does that mean? Or I don't get this. I, I had nobody to ask. I just would try and Google it, which only gets you so far, right? So I want to have the community aspect for freelance editors that I think is missing because there are many, 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 many courses out there and they're great. Don't get me wrong. I love me a good course, but courses are good for learning a skill and then moving on. Yes. And what I've found is that especially with freelance editors, they have the skills, they don't have the confidence mm -hmm. and the encouragement. And because I was there, I had I have the same exact thing. It's the imposter syndrome. It's the mindset shifts, especially turning from an employee to a freelancer. That's that's a whole big shift right there. I want to have that community support so that they're learning how to become an editor, but they're also they're with a group of people in the exact same boat as they are that can say, hey, I'm feeling the same way too. You're not alone. Here's what I'm doing to help fix that combat that whatever and so that's what I have created is a community for new freelance editors and proofreaders proofreaders are in there too I love that so much and you're empowering and creating community and at the same time like saying you are not alone in this like yes. we will do this together yes because it's a it can be lonely you know it's I mean the whole point of a freelancer is that you have your own business and it's just you which is great and has many 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 perks but if you're not careful it can be incredibly lonely and isolating yes and no matter what kind of business you have whether it's just yourself as a freelancer or as as you grow and you know hire contractors or employees yeah. it's you've got to you can't do it alone you have to have help support in some way in some way and so that's what the Freelance Editors Club is. I, oh, okay. What is your website and your Instagram? Like, how, how do you want people to find you? Yeah, so my website is tarawhitaker.com and my Instagram is Tara M. Q. Whitaker. And that's where I hang out most is on Instagram. I, I, I figured, <laughs> um, I love it. Well, Tara, I cannot thank you enough. This is, has been one of my most favorite interviews and I probably shouldn't say that. I am so grateful to you for your insight and just, just overall awesomeness. <laughs> is well, I am grateful for you. Oh, oh my goodness. Anybody listening right now, if you are not in the Courageous Life Society or have one-on-one -on -one coaching oh. or whatever else you offer, if you're not, get on that. Tara, <laughs> I adore you. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm turning this off, but I, I'm going to, awesome. Thank you, Tara. Thank you. And as always, I want to remind you, if you want more information about how to work with me, if you really um, have heard anything on this episode that you're like, wait a minute, you can go to jessicastong.com. You can learn more information about the Courageous Life Society, a group coaching membership that really helps you take all this information and apply it. And also you can get more information about one-on-one -on -one coaching. 
Thank you so much and have a great and courageous week, everyone.